all praise, worthy of all honor. You may be seated in his presence. How wonderful our God is. He's great and greatly to be praised. There is nobody like him. He moves. Amen. He spoke. It was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Amen. He is worthy of all praise. And so many times we think we are so close to him, we take him for granted. And whenever that hit me, I ask God, say, Lord, please forgive me. Don't ever let me take you for granted. It's easy to take him for granted. Amen. But we don't want to take our God for granted. Is that right? Don't take him for granted. He is the almighty God. And we bless his holy name. There is none like him. None like him. On tonight, we are talking about, we've been dealing with faith all of this, this month. And on tonight, we're going to deal with having faith to remove mountains. Faith to remove mountains is what we're going to talk about. And it's important that we have this kind of a faith in Jesus Christ. Faith that can remove mountain. The truth of the matter is every one of us in this room have a mountain that have to be moved. Yours might not be as tall as mine, but all of us have a mountain, amen, that have to be moved. We're going to use for our text scripture the book of Mark chapter 11 verse number 21 through and including verse number 26. I'm reading from the King James text. Jesus had just whipped them out of the temple and he had cursed the, uh, the fig tree and Peter now calls to mind what Jesus had done prior to this text and this is what he said and Peter called to remembrance Members said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and you shall have them. And when ye stain praying, forgive. If ye have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your transgressions. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive you forgive your transgression so here he he talks about actually Jesus looked at a tree and cursed that root cursed that tree from the root uh, Barclay said it put it this way he said Jesus answered have faith in God this is the truth I tell you whoever was said to this mountain be lifted up and be cast into the sea and who in him in his heart does not doubt but believe that what he saith is happening it will be done for him. So then I tell you, believe that you have received everything for which you pray and ask, and it shall be done for you. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive it, so that your Father who is in heaven may forgive you your trespassing. Um, I like Barclay when he puts it this way. He said, 
that he said, but believe that what he says is happening. Amen. It's happening. If you can believe that what you say is happening, it's happening now. It's not something for the future. And action is taking place even as I pray. Then he said, you shall have what it is that you want. So we find here, this passage gives us three rules for prayer. There are three rules that we must observe for prayer. The first rule is it must be the prayer of faith. It must be the prayer of faith. The phrase about removing mountains, this was a common quote among many of the teachers in that particular day. And especially for the wise teachers of that time. A good teacher who could remove the difficulty which the mind of his scholars encountered was called a mountain mover. So you can see it's not talking necessarily about physical mountain, but the teacher had the ability to settle confusion in the mind of the student. We, we got to realize the confusion in your mind can be greater than any physical mountain. Because see, if the mountain is my exterior, I can go around it. But if that mountain is in my mind, I cannot evade the mountains that's on the inside of me. And what we want to deal with tonight is those mountains that are on the inside of us, those ones that you cannot drive around, you cannot fly over, you must go through. And we need to get these mountains removed. Uh, for a long time, I would sit back and say, well, if I can move mountains, and I used to sit there hope and pray and, and look at stuff and say, tree be moved. I, I've done that. Y'all probably haven't done that, y'all. You know, if I got anything, I'm going to try it. If I got it, I'm going to try it. Anybody here besides me? Amen. I might not, be, I might not succeed at it, but I was sitting up there, I looking at that tree, I said, tree be moved. And I said, then look at that tree. And I'd be hoping and praying that the tree go move. Of course, the tree didn't move. So I said, well, I must not have enough faith. In reality, it's not the lack of faith. Well, it is a lack of faith to some degree. But sometimes what we, God can't just go around and just move trees and mountains just because we say it. It will interfere with that which he have laid out as a landscape. Suppose he move all the mountains. Everybody got mountains running all the way around. Somebody catch you without no faith, the mountain will fall on you. Amen. Whenever, you know, it's all right if you get up one morning, got faith, and you just move mountains, mountains shipping all around. You know, you got six of us, got all, and we got six mountains just flying all around. Amen. And then, you know, somebody ain't going to keep them on a the plane. Somebody going to set them up in the sky. Uh, somebody going to set them in the ocean and everywhere else. But so God is not talking about physical mountains. Jesus never moved a physical mountain. He never moved a physical mountain. He prayed on the mountain. He agonized on the mountain. He preached on the mountain. He taught on the mountain. But he never moved a physical mountain. He dried up trees. He's drying up a little tree. And then he said, if you have faith, you can remove mountain. But now we, we, we find out the mountains that really bother us is old mountain that is in our minds, that has been put there over a process of time. So then we must be, it must be our prayer of faith. So then first we, we find out 
that it involves that it involves us that we sh should be willing to take our problem to the Lord. It's amazing how uh, sometimes we will not take our problem to the Lord, and we're not even realizing that we're not taking the Lord. We'll take them, we'll mill over them, we'll mill over them in our minds, we'll try to work them out, we'll try to figure them out, and then all of a sudden it'll hit you, oh, you haven't taken this thing to the Lord. So actually, this is talking about actually taking your problems to the Lord. Amen. I wonder, have we learned, first of all, when you get a problem, the first place you're going to take it is where? To the Lord. How many of you are willing to confess tonight that um, uh, most of the time that's not the first place you take it? Anybody want to come clean tonight and, and confess? That's not the first place you take it, is it? Most of the time, we'll take it to a companion or friend. Some of us have even taken it to the bank. We'll take it everywhere, but we have not taken it to God. The reason why we have not taken the faith to God, we're talking about faith to remove mountain, and your faith cannot even move you to trust in God. Amen. Look at somebody tell them, forget the mountain. All right, then. Your faith got to be one of those ones that make you move towards God. All right. Uh, sometimes our problems are that we, are, we wish to obtain something we should, not, we should not even desire. We want to obtain something that we should not even desire. And sometimes what we do in our prayer we don't go to God to seek what his will is. We go to God that he may change his mind about what it is that we want. Amen. Anybody want to come clean tonight and say, I've done that. I've been there. I wanted God to change his mind about what he wanted. The word was right, but we were not willing to accept the will of God. So whenever, whenever you want to go to God in prayer, you have to go with him. And first of all, you're the one that has to be changed. Say, Lord, what is your will? What is it that you desire for me in this particular area? How many of you have ever worked it all out? Worked it out in your head. And after you got it worked out in your head, go to God in prayer and expect God to agree with your scheme. Everybody in this room have done it. I don't care whether you confess it or not. All of us, we've sat down and we work this thing out in our, in our mind. And then you're looking for God to go along with your scheme. He's smarter than that. Amen. So then it must be a faith. Faith have to, the faith is depending upon the word of God. Amen. You might forget the word, but the word is still consistent. So we want to, we want to have that faith in God. So now the, the first thing we say it must involve our faith. Then we find out, secondly, it involved that we should be ready to accept God's guidance when he gives it to us. Have you had God to speak to you about something? And after speaking to you about it, you refused it? Uh, you know how you refuse it? I'm you know how those phases we say? I'm still waiting on God. I'm still waiting on God. Now what you're actually saying is, I'm waiting for God to change his mind. God told you when you first prayed exactly what he wanted, but it wasn't what you wanted. And so you say, honey, I'm still waiting on God. And sometimes from there, we're going to fasting and praying, fasting and praying. Let me tell you, fasting and praying will never change God's mind about his word. God means exactly what he says. And before you got here with your little mind, he had already laid out the whole universe and he had laid a way out for you that will give you perfect happiness. It might not seem happy at the beginning, but if you walk in the way of God, he will give you perfect happiness. I mean, y'all know God will give you perfect happiness. All right, most of the time we are in confusion because we think we know better than God. 
but we don't know better than God, all right? It is useless to go to God and to ask for his guidance unless we are willing to be obedient enough to accept it. But if we do take our problem to God and are humble enough and brave enough to accept his guidance, then comes that power that will remove that thing out of the way. You know, most of the time, the mountain is your mind. You just can't get your mind together to accept the will and the purpose of God. All right? So we got to be willing to accept the will of God. Now, the thirdly, it must be that prayer. We must pray a prayer of expectancy. When you pray, are you looking for it to happen? Are you looking for something to happen when you pray? When you go on your knees, are you willing to change your mind if God has something else for you? Are you willing to change your mind when you're going to prayer? Are you willing to change your mind when you're going to prayer? Are you willing to let go of your scheme that you have when you go into prayer? You'd be surprised at how unwilling we are to change it and you're ready to tell God, God, it took me a long time to come up with this. Okay, it took me a long time to come up with this and I'm not willing to change my mind about it. But how, you, how many of you know that the, that which seems right to us will also cause your destruction? We cannot lean to our own mind and to our own understanding. All right? Now, then we look at the last part of this, uh, of this particular text that we have used tonight, is that there must be a prayer of charity. When I say charity, you must be willing then to forgive. Now, that is a mountain. That is a mountain. The mountain of us not being able to forgive. It was William Ward who said that forgiveness is the key that unlocked the handcuffed to hate. Until you forgive, you are handcuffed. If you have not forgiven, you have handcuffed. Touch your neighbor and say, let me see your wrist. All right, let's move. <laughs> Until you're willing to forgive. So forgiveness unlocked those handcuffs. All right, that we have. Now, most of the time what has happened to us, we have actually matured into this lastodaisical state that we are in. We have actually matured in unbelief. It was not natural. It didn't come as a child to you. As a child, you believe that, you know, I can be a, the president of the United States. But for the most part, if a child is left to itself, it believes that it can become anything that it wants to become. But what happened to us most of the time is we grow into a state of unbelief. We, 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 we get to that place that we start doubting everything. Then the things that we've been thinking about, we experience it. Why do we experience so much failure? Somebody tell me, why do we experience so much failure? How, why do we experience so much failure, failure as adults? Why do we experience so much failure? That's it. We, we experience failure because that's what we expect. We have left simplicity. And then one thing that we do, we start labeling people and things. Oh, we, right now, if I was to tell y'all right now to pull out that bunch of labels that you have, you got some labels for the people that's in this room. One of the reasons why we can't come together in fellowship is because I've labeled you. I wonder what kind of label you got for me. Look at your neighbor and ask and say, what kind of label do you have for me? 
It's amazing. It's amazing how we come, we come to church. Some people, I don't care what they do, how much they change, they'll never change with us because I have put a label on you. Some people we have, loved, we have labeled troublemakers. We have labeled some people that got stuff against me. They don't even know you. But you have labeled them that they got something against you. So what happened is when we begin to label stuff, label is debilitating. So then the power, the fire is gone out because we have disabled ourselves with the label that we put there. It's amazing the label you put on stuff that have barricaded you from getting what you want. We have the label, one of the labels is it'll never work. One of the labels will, I ain't gonna never have nothing to do with them. Y'all, anybody got that kind of label? Jesus will come, I tell you what, they ain't never gonna have no problem out of me, not so tell Jesus come. They did it one time, and I tell you what, they'll never have a chance to do it to me again. That is a label. And, 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 the, and the bad part about it is, the person you have labeled might be the one that have your message of deliverance. Amen? But because you have labeled them, you are no longer able to receive the word of deliverance from them because you have labeled that person. And I want to encourage you tonight to get rid of all your labels so that we can remove the mountains that are set before us.